There has probably never been a time in human history when Homo sapiens have not engaged in conflict. From tribal wars to wars of conquest to world wars, we have yet to find a way to live in peace. Instead, we label each other to divide each other to fight each other. An age-old cycle that, if not broken, will someday lead to our ultimate demise. From Jerusalem to Tehran, from Beijing to Moscow, from New Delhi to Washington, D.C., and everywhere else in between, those who wield political power push humankind closer to destruction, and in ignorance, many of all persuasions support their efforts, rationalizing human suffering as necessary to accomplish their goals. The predominant religion in the United States is Christianity. In Israel, it is Judaism. In Iran, it's Islam. Shintoism and Buddhism in Japan, and in India, Hinduism. These are the world's major religions. Between them, they account for about half of the world's population, of approximately 7 billion people worldwide. Only about 1 billion identify as secular or non-religious. That religion divides us is self-evident. If we are waiting on the gods of the world's religions to help solve our problems, we are waiting in vain. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam Repley, the avatar for the Beyond the Rituals community. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the program. If you are a returning listener, Welcome back. Today's subject, salvation. But first, a quick commercial. If you enjoy our podcast, you can listen to them on the go. Search for Discerning Truth. We're on all the major podcast platforms. So, subscribe and rate them wherever you listen. By doing so, you let us know that you support what we're doing and encourage us to continue. Thanks in advance. Now, on with the podcast. For many, salvation is the concept that, upon its return, a wrathful God will destroy the wicked and reward the righteous with a new world one free from suffering and pain, a new Jerusalem descended from heaven. For others, salvation is the liberation from continual birth and death, the release from worldly suffering, the attainment of completeness. The world's religions and mystical philosophies, through fear, indoctrination, and persuasive intimidation have perpetuated these beliefs to the extent that many spend most of their lives fixated not on this reality, 
but on unproven realities. Their spiritual leaders have assured them are yet to come. With the blessed assurance of their salvation, many ignore the suffering of others. Instead, they hide behind the belief that God is in control and all is under God's plan. Upon closer examination, however, we find that what they mean is their God's control and their God's plan and that the grace and subsequent salvation to which they refer are only for those who believe as they do, which leads us to continue to label each other, divide each other, and fight each other. The uncompromising extreme of any position is a detriment to us all. That which divides us and leads us to fight and kill each other is the antithesis of the divine law, which unites us and guides us to love, respect, and help each other. The universal value we all share is the fact that we are all human. No matter our race, ethnicity, religion, belief, personality, or station, that we are all human makes us all equal. On earth, humankind has no peers, no one and nothing to hold us accountable but ourselves. This is our home. So far, the only planet we know that supports life as we know it. Because of our unique abilities, for ourselves and the Earth's other inhabitants, we make life on Earth what it is. It can be our metaphorical heaven or our hell. What makes our reality on Earth mutually glorious and frightening is that we can appreciate beauty, imagine and plan our future, and recognize that we will someday die. But most importantly, we possess the ability to love, the capability to give someone or something else the importance we give ourselves. Although I cannot say with certainty that all other species act from instinct and are incapable of the same, humans understand that who and what we love has consequences and consciously choose to whom we give our love and from whom we accept it. We know acutely that our choices determine the quality of our lives. However, because many are overly concerned with death and fear of what might lie beyond the grave, countless people spend most of their lives in the bondage of ancient beliefs, superstitions, and religious mythology, focused on what might happen after death. As a result, many ignore the wealth of opportunity this life has to offer. One of humankind's most significant weaknesses 
is that our desire for what the world's religions promise will happen after we die overrides our consideration of whether we will ever receive it. Consequently, many religions exploit this weakness to convince their followers of eternal life after death. However, all we will ever know, all we will ever do, and all we will ever achieve in our brief lives will happen within the confines of this reality, the reality for which God has prepared us. Therefore, it is this reality on which we must focus our concern, where we must exact the most we can from the abundance God has provided. Contrary to the concepts and teachings I mentioned earlier, the divine law teaches that salvation is none of those. Instead, it is the protection we provide to each other and our planet's ecology from ourselves. The philosophy of the divine law defines salvation as the prevention of humanity's social destruction and the deterrence of our planet's ecological devastation by human means, and holds that God has already provided humankind with the guidance essential to save itself and live in peace. To save ourselves, we do not have to worship a God, follow a religion, perform rituals, or believe in mythology. Instead, we must consciously use and consistently practice what God has already provided us, the ability to love and respect each other, to seek and accept the truth, and to live our lives positively and responsibly. The wise understand that salvation is not God's grace or a gift, but a provision and recognize that achieving salvation does not require a faith-based contract or complete surrender of oneself to appease a God. Instead, it requires a conscious and sustained effort by humankind to act within the principles of the divine law to save itself. We fight and kill each other over myths that we would discard out of hand outside the context of religion, and allow these fables and the concepts of God we worship to keep us divided and lead us ever closer to the depredation of social destruction, never recognizing that our salvation lies not in the hands of the deities in which we believe, but our own. Our reward is not the speculative promises of life after death, but the accomplishment of a well-lived life, the prevention of our social destruction, and the deterrence of human contribution to the earth's 
ecological devastation here and now. Therefore, we must overcome the indoctrination that has created our fear, release ourselves from the yoke of the mythology of God, and embrace the truth. First, we must prepare ourselves mentally and physically to exact all we can from the abundance God has provided us. Second, we must build a quality life and live it well. Although our fundamental requirement and the foundation of our deliverance is that we adhere to the basic principles of the divine law to attain a well-lived life, we must understand that achieving a well-lived life is not the sole purpose of our existence. Instead, it is the mechanism that allows us to fulfill our primary purpose, to prevent humanity's social destruction and avoid contributing to our planet's ecological devastation. It is essential to understand, however, that ecological devastation does not mean the destruction of the earth. It means damaging our planet's environment to the point that it is no longer hospitable to human life. Therefore, it is essential to recognize that we must protect the Earth's ecology, not to save the planet, but to save ourselves. Ignoring the effects of industrial pollutants on climate, polluting our water sources, Rationalizing and moderating the consequences of the catastrophic devastation of a nuclear war and countless other calamities can hastily end our existence. Not the Earth's, but ours. However, we can prevent this solely by how we treat each other and the way we treat our planet. Our divisions are many. Race, religion, ethnicity, nationality, and myriad others, all of which are exploited by those who want to control us by keeping us focused on our differences. But as different as we seem, we are one species connected to each other in all creation by God's divine essence, the inherent presence of God that is innate within all that exists. God has given us the earth and this reality, and the divine law to guide how we live within it. We did nothing to prepare ourselves to be here. Yet we are here, fully able to function and thrive within the bounds of the physical laws that govern this reality. If we are to survive, it is critical that we understand that salvation is not an event that will occur during an end-time scenario, but our prevention of a constant threat that resides within the shadow 
of our recklessness. We'd like to know your thoughts on the matter. Take a moment and let us know what you think in the comments section. Until next week, I'm Adam Repley, and this is Discerning Truth.